thought it might be time for a life and career update. I was going to do a little break, a little teeny summer break, and I think I will after this, but this has been coming up so strongly for me and I wanted to be honest and I thought I need to record this. And I'm a little embarrassed because it's something I've never talked about public publicly and truly never took the time to admit it or acknowledge it myself. It's like one of those things where it pops up for a second and you're like, nope, 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 and just move on, just distract yourself and go somewhere else. But you know, everything you're not supposed to talk about, I always talk about it here. And I actually feel like Culture Changers is like my Sasha Fierce alter ego because it's the one place where I can really articulate, publicly articulate some of my deepest thoughts and flesh them out with you. It's like a safe space. So thank you for that. But let's dive in, shall we? And if you're new to this show, if you're new here, hey, I'm Allison. And I started the Culture Changers podcast over three years ago and have been in professional technology sales for over 20 years. And as this podcast has evolved over the years to answering the question, where is your place in changing the culture? And a lot of stuff is going on right now with abortion rights being overturned and mass shootings being at an all-time high. And our thought is if so many of our rights as humans are in jeopardy, where can we use our skills and talents as a force for good? Where can we make a difference? And so many of you have told me, I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I've gotten the corporate job. I have the spouse. I have the title. I got the kids. I have a roof over my head, but something is missing. I'm not fulfilled, but I'm okay or not okay, but just not fulfilled. But what else is there out there for me? Is this all there is? And what I realized is that the culture only changes when we heal ourselves and when we answer this question for ourselves. Whether that is rethinking some of the obsolete systemic structures that are tangling us and holding us back, or culture has been changing, or sorry, or building a bridge for divided communities or the relationships we have with ourselves. That one, I can't even stress how this keeps coming up over and over again, especially from you. The culture has been changing for better in some cases and for worse and some much worse. So this podcast is kind of dedicated to making the worse better and the better more better. But anyway, so I've been running this podcast uh, and launched a weekly personal blog last year and have been yearning for years to pursue these creative adventures that I've been running on the side as a career you know, they don't pay much, right? And so, you know, that thought, uh, is this all there is? That's been me. And in April of this year, I jumped and I quit my corporate job and kind of without a net. My income is very important to our family. And my husband and I made a decision that I would have a short amount of time to take the space I needed and figure out how to make this work. And for so many years, my husband would come up to my desk at, at, at my home where I was working and find me slumped over my keyboard crying because I just got off a Zoom call with a verbally abusive boss. And the emotional toll of working in an environment like that, and it wasn't always like that. There were certain times, you know, when, when it was, especially in the end of, uh, of, of my corporate journey, 
And the emotional toll of working in an environment like that has really stripped me of so much, especially confidence and just ability to, like, what could I do? So not only was this a dream to pursue, but also to truly invest in my mental health. So I left in April of this year. It's July now. Where am I? Well, I'm not doing great, to be honest. And it's really hard for me to say that out loud because my head is yammering. Yeah, but you have food to eat. You have shelter. You have people who love you. You have support. You have your health. Who the hell am I to complain? So when I left, I first left my job, it took me three weeks of feeling like a piece of garbage that I wasn't being productive enough or doing the right thing. And then I started to settle in and started enjoying some of the quieter moments and time to walk around in nature. But now it's a little different. In my mind, I thought three months would be a good stretch to at least have some ideas or pursue something to bring in some steady income. So here is what's really happening. I've done some things I've never done before. And there are some things that I'm so grateful for and things that I've had time and space to kind of expand. But I've really been struggling with being quiet and being still. And over the years, I've invested in a lot of coaches and therapists of all different kinds, professional manifestation coaches, money and mindset coaches, spiritual, writing, podcast, entrepreneur. I mean, it really runs the gamut. It almost is like, uh, you know, uh, people, I don't have ADD, but people will say ADD like, oh, look, a squirrel. That's kind of like how I've, I've felt it. Like any idea that comes to my mind or any interest, I'm like, let me pursue it. Maybe that'll be my ticket out of here. And I've definitely been guilty of looking to so many online experts that I'll find that I'm hoping will have the answers I've been seeking for so many freaking years. But the truth is I've known all along that I have the answers. I just haven't trusted myself and I haven't been quiet enough to listen. And the cultural expectations and my ego, which admittedly can be huge, and society's expectation as a, expectations as a working professional to be productive and earn this amount of money has made my head very, very, very busy. So my real goal as I left the corporate world was to find my own voice by myself. I didn't want a career coach. I didn't want to pay any other people, any other voices other than my therapist. So I knew I had at least one objective outlet to at least run my mouth to throughout my journey. And I wanted to get clarity and I needed to look within. So I decided to do a solo evening at the Hike Inn in the mountains of North Northern Georgia, Hike Inn. Isn't that kind of a clever name? But let me tell you, I ain't no hiker and I've never done anything like this by myself. But I felt like I was getting caught up in the daily minutia of being a mom and a wife with way more time on my hands, but a much shorter time to get stuff done due to driving kids around most days and having things scheduled throughout the day, whether they were doctor's appointments or doing whatever. So I thought, Maybe I could take a solo trip somewhere to force myself to be more still, less distraction. But we are down one income right now, and I wanted to go somewhere safe for a woman, surrounded by nature and budget-friendly. 
So I had a friend tell me about the Hike Inn. I'd never heard of it before. And this place has no roads to get there at all. You have to hike up there with all the stuff you'll need on your back on a five-mile trek straight up. And it starts at the bottom of the Appalachian Trail. And when I started the climb, I was listening to some meditation music I found on Spotify. And after 15 minutes of listening, I'm like, well, this is dumb. (laughs) So I took out my AirPods and I'm like, you know, maybe I should just listen to nature and maybe that soundtrack might be a little more effective. So it was, and I could hear bugs buzzing by my ears and I could hear the birds and squirrels scurry about and deer rustling leaves. And it was something else to, this was so crazy for me. It was something else to not hear anyone else or even hear traffic. And I'm so used to going on these walks all over the city. You just can't escape from the sound of cars, even in in the suburbs a lot of the time. But this was pure nature. It took me a minute to calm my nervous system down. What if a wild animal came out or some weird attacker? I've seen way too many horror movies and listened to too many true crime podcasts. But my body started to relax as I settled in and ascended up the mountain and got comfortable with my own thoughts by myself. And there are markers the whole way up for the hike in. And once I started to see the inn come into view, nestled in the woods in the middle of nowhere, I took a deep breath and thought, okay, I made it. Let's see what this evening holds. So at the hike in, it's completely solar powered. It's a zero waste facility, meaning whatever you bring up, you bring it down with you. It's super intentional. There aren't any trash cans anywhere. And there are compost toilets, which was actually really cool to learn about. It has running water and warm showers in a shared bathhouse, which was surprisingly really clean. And I had a private little bunk room with no outlets to charge your phone. No outlets at all. Why? There's no Wi-Fi on purpose on the whole property. More on that in a minute. But there were stunning views of these glorious vistas that were overlooking Georgia. And they took us on a tour of the inn, which was really lovely and so interesting to understand the history and how intentional and why and how it was put there. And my favorite part is that there were home-cooked meals prepared by a chef and served family-style with other vagabond hearts that were staying there as well. There were probably only 20 cabin rooms total, and it was the best two-star accommodations I could have asked for. The people staying there that night were really lovely and interesting and such unique backgrounds. Some were couples, some families were staying there, some were girls trips, and some were father and daughter or father and son pairs, and some were solo like me. And it was so nice to sit on the rocking chairs or the Adirondack Adirondack chairs overlooking these beautiful views and listening and being quiet in this nature nestled uh, in, in the woods and learn about why some of the other people were there too. And after night started to fall, I found myself really struggling trying to find any signal on my phone. 
I, I was trying to find like a cash Facebook or text somebody. Some would go through, most wouldn't. You know, trying to send a picture of it or check in with my family. And uh, I noticed that my body, and it wasn't really working, but I noticed that my body started to panic trying to find something to do with my mind instead of being still. And so I finally gave up and I wrote in a small journal that I had packed in my bag and thought, sheesh, this is really hard. I should have stayed for more than one night to really just immerse myself in this discomfort until it passed. And I did something I didn't expect that I could do. And that was, uh, I slept with the main door open and just the screen door closed to hear nature. So in these, there are these tiny little cabin bunk rooms and they're, they're small. They're like, they look like a little sliver. There's a bunk bed, there's a fan, there's a light, that's it. And there's a door and there's a screen door and that screen door has a lock. And somebody next to me told me that she sleeps with it open. I was like, open and you're a woman by yourself? And I was like, maybe I'll try it too. And so I did and I could hear the nighttime. It was really, you know, kind of neat. And uh, I didn't really sleep well because I was on a high alert anyway. And I guess it's just a byproduct of living in the city, but they have this cool thing where in the morning they'll make a faint sound with a single drum beat to signal that sunrise is coming up. So if you have interest in getting up and watching it, you can. So I got up, I watched this bright fuchsia ball of fire peek through the trees as it rose in the sky. And then I had breakfast family style again and I hiked the five miles back down all by myself. It felt so good and I highly recommend it. And thought to myself, you know, I wonder if I could have stayed a second night. And it's been a few weeks since then. That was in June, in mid-June. And I've had a few big developments since then, which I really wanted to share with you. So, so much right now is a giant question mark. And one of the things that have come up so intensely in many, many facets of my life is this concept of belonging. For me, where do I belong? If I don't belong in corporate America, what is next? I have many, many acquaintances and people I genuinely like, but I'm not as close to anyone as I would hope to be. I definitely feel like I belong in my nuclear family, and I'm really thankful for that. But then I get frustrated of why isn't that enough? Why do I need so much more? And this all came to a head over the 4th of July weekend. You know, I have intentionally taken this time to straight up unearth and face my demons past, present, and future, like head on, like I've never done before, like bring it on. Let me just, let me just deal with it. Let me just look at it in its ugly face and figure out how do I move forward with this instead of sweeping it under the rug, ignoring it, self-medicating through whatever way, numbing it. And so I had uh, my wise and sage friend, Renee, urgently tell me right before I left my job. And she said, and I remember we were sitting at lunch, we're at Super Jenny, uh, which is this amazing restaurant in, uh, in Atlanta. And she leaned forward and looked at me dead in the eyes and said, Allison, you are going to need to protect your energy at all costs and make absolutely sure that the people that you surround yourself with 
are pure good and are supporting you. Do not waste your time with people that don't. Because if you don't, it's going to make this process take a lot longer. And I I understood the urgency of that. And I really, really took this to heart. And I've started to let some of my guards down and deepen some friendships with certain people that have really proven themselves to be solid, solid folks, people that I admire and respect and have fun with and feel heard with and people that I see, they see me, I feel like I can be myself. And letting my guard down has been kind of fun and saying, you know, part of it is part of the reason why I can speak to you because I'm able to say things out loud that I never would have said before because I've always just had this polished kind of veneer. I don't know if it's always polished, but you know, like it's, it's calculated of, of me showing up in certain social situations. I'm, I'm continuously monitoring and auditing how I'm coming across because I am so intense. And so having the ability to kind of calm down and settle into people that care about me has been really, it's been very special. And over the 4th of July, most of these people, if not all of them, uh, were out of town or they were on vacation or they were busy or had other stuff to do. And I found myself experiencing such intense loneliness. And I noticed my anxious attachment style popping up again and wishing I didn't feel so needy. And I'm naturally an extrovert. And historically, my close friends... I don't know why I always attract introverts. And so I am no stranger to having my feelings hurt constantly because I want more time with them and they need to recharge. And so I found myself getting really sad that these people that I'm growing closer to kind of suck on text anyway. And I'm getting into this vortex of insecurity of why aren't they calling back or why aren't they answering the phone or why aren't they texting back? Why does it take them so long? And I noticed it on Saturday and I was feeling kind of sad anyway about celebrating this holiday of American freedom when I feel like our rights are being taken away so profoundly in our nation right now and it felt like a betrayal and one I haven't quite come to grips with. And on that Saturday, it was hot AF outside and as a family, we spent the entire day binging stranger things with the kids. Hashtag super parents. My kids are under 10. And at the same time, whenever I was doing laundry or getting ready or whatever, I was also listening, like when I wasn't watching, uh, you know, Netflix or whatever, I would be, if, if I was getting ready or doing chores or something, and I always have my AirPod, AirPods in and was listening to this crazy, I was binging this crazy ass doomsday sex cold podcast called Revelations on Spotify. It's so good. I highly recommend it. But, you know, it's kind of heavy, like Stranger Things, a se- you know, doomsday sex cold podcast where, oh, it was just crazy. And then I went out to the movies by myself. I went to the theater and watched Elvis, the Elvis movie, which is really sad and emotional too. So I know I wasn't exactly feeding myself with the most positive content, but I found myself wishing I could just talk to a friend or hang out or just be in conversation with someone. I was just experiencing this intense loneliness. And then I was judging myself for not going for a walk or being more active and getting mad at myself for 
numbing the feelings with Netflix or hoping, you know, somebody else, some external person could help fix, you know, my feeling. And, and that part was kind of crazy to think about, you know, like I, I do have these people that I know and love and trust and know in my heart that yes, if they were available, they would call me back. It, I, I, I logically wasn't taking per, it personally. I understand people have stuff to do, but it's easy to kind of get caught in these, these vortex of hell thoughts, you know, or these vortex of insecurity. And I'm sure you must've had days like this too, right? But I've just never admitted it out loud. And it's embarrassing to experience such insecurities at this age too. And while I did go down the path of thinking, hmm, maybe these blossoming relationships that I've been deepening lately aren't as strong on their side as they are for me. And I knew that would subside. It always does. But this loneliness went on for a full week, which isn't really normal in my world. Usually I'll fill up the calendar nice and tight. I'll schedule the coffee dates, the walks, the meetings, the podcast interviews, the dance classes, have places to go, places to be, be back on that schedule because I am so used to that world and comfortable in that world. That productivity means I don't have to sit in discomfort, but it is a Band-Aid. And I started to get this feeling like, okay, all these people I care about, they have jobs and stuff to do. And now I'm sitting around with a blank calendar waiting for time to pass. And wow, I can't even describe what this feels like and the judgment that comes up so harshly in my mind. And then I stopped and I thought, wait a minute, this is where the rubber hits the road. I can't look externally to fix this. I know I can, but I need to sit in this discomfort. I am exactly where I need to be, right in the mess of it all just sitting in the shit. This is required for where I need to go or where I want to go. And so I thought about my finances. I thought about getting a part-time job or figuring out, you know, in the meantime, while I was figuring it out or figuring out my next move. And I can't wait to tell you my revelation about this. So I did start working with a career coach that was emphatically recommended to me by someone I trust. And it's not your typical career coach, as you can imagine. And my career coach is a he, which I wasn't expecting either. But we determined that I have three options when it comes to my career. The first one, I could focus on this podcast, on culture changers and monetizing it more and being more creative and inventive with ways that I can elevate it in a way that uh, could earn money. And in my gut, this podcast Doing it, that's what lights me up. I keep coming back to this. My love for culture changers and having these meaningful, life-changing conversations with brilliant guests, it just seems endless. Like it just is so endless. There's so much more road to cover and it feels so, so right and important and it feels like I'm truly in my element on this mic right here talking to you. So that's number one. The second, I could focus on working with corporate executive lead leaders and corporations to help them build out a media and podcast strategy for their brands and continue doing keynote speeches to help drive their employees' culture and sense of belonging. We came up 
with some very creative offerings that I had no idea, um, but they felt really powerful and exciting and things that can make a really huge impact. And the third thing is get a job. And that was the last resort. So I've decided a few things that I'm working on. The first is, and I'm super stoked about this, this came out of a session with this career coach. I'm working on a project right now where I'm interviewing 50 female CEOs about what keeps them up at night about work culture and belonging. Some may be featured on this podcast in future episodes, but this is purely an information gathering exercise. We aren't quite solving problems yet. But my hope through this exercise is to notice trends, solutions, and then be able to compile some resources as I believe at this critical moment in our history, we need to hear these voices. We need to understand why this is so important right now because the work culture is changing. It cannot go back to the way it was in the pre-pandemic and people are miserable, not all people, but there are so many people, I think it's something like 60% want to leave, but don't know where to go. And we need more female leaders stepping up. So I'll ask you, who do you know that has founded or is the CEO of a company with employees that might fit the bill? Who can I talk to? Please reach out to me and let me know. And if somebody just popped in your head as I'm describing this, please follow this bit of intuition and reach out on my behalf, whether it is reaching out to that person or reaching out to me and and making a connection. I would so appreciate it. I've already had some truly jaw-dropping conversations with some powerful women and insights I completely did not expect. I can't wait to see where this leads me and what connections I can make and perhaps some opportunities will develop out of this initiative. And I hope you'll get in the car with me on this journey because I have a feeling it's going to be bigger than I'm even imagining at this point. So I'm kind of leaving it as an open-ended question mark. But here's the part that is so countercultural that I've discovered that I wanted to base this entire, it was really the inspiration for this solo cast. And for so many years, so many mentors, coaches, career developers, managers I've worked for, everything. I've done every exercise to answer the question, what do you want the next year to bring you? What are your goals? How much do you want to earn this year? I want you to feel like you already have it. It's already done. Fast forward a year, you already have it. Feel it. Not just on a vision board, but feel the emotions. And I'll tell you, that stuff has always stressed me out. And I've done everything every single iteration of this exercise over and over and over and over and over again, and have never brought it all to fruition. I mean, for sure, I have seen evolution and progress incrementally, but I would say that there's a certain sense of defeat that despite all my attempts and tens of thousands of dollars invested, and none of it has come to pass, in the way I had imagined, hoped, felt, whatever, and all of the stuff that I've done is kind of disheartening. And I had a conversation with someone this past week where she asked me, what would make me happy if I closed out the year? What would my life look like? What would, a, what, what would I hope to accomplish? 
And I stopped her and said, I can't do this exercise anymore. Yes, I believe goal setting is very useful. But for me right now, it's the anti-goal until I have clarity on a direction. So I'm going to get super personal because I haven't yet. Anyway, no, like I'm going to get really personal now. And anyway, during this time, whenever I think, okay, I'm going to figure out how I'm going to make X amount of dollars this month, tiny little goals, things I can, I can kind of focus on and get, you know, start running at. My body immediately goes into freak out mode. I don't look at my bank account on purpose because it completely stresses me out. I mean, I, I look at it, of course, but I don't look at it. I, I, I try and avoid looking at it. And I'd love to sit around and manifest the millions and millions of dollars. But for the love of all that is holy, I have done this for so many years. And without sitting in the shit, getting still, feeling uncomfortable, not doing and being quiet, it's not happening. So how crazy is it that I've tried to force every idea that's come through my head into reality for the, fi- for, for the past five years? Just give me a direction and I'll run at top speed and I may hit a wall and redirect. It's fine. I'm resilient. I'm a hard worker. I love being productive. But my answer lies in exactly the opposite. Quiet, still, listen, stop doing. The anti-goal, no goals, just being. And I'll tell you, I think my husband has had a tough time with this too. Even though he probably wouldn't say it out loud, his mother was a badass, my mother-in-law was a badass boss lady. She ran a business and raised her family of six kids. And my husband always wanted a woman with ambition. And he's always been so supportive with every success I've earned, has never felt threatened, has always cheered me on the loudest. But when we started talking about me leaving my job, it had to take him a second to recalibrate. What does it mean of ambitious Allison not working, not bringing in an income? And I had to remind him that me not working was because of my ambition, not a lack of it. I just got chills. It's so countercultural. The more I force being productive, the further I am from where I need to be. And I don't know how long I can be in this state, but it is profound right now. And so I did something else in terms of the podcast, of this podcast, Culture Changers. I opened it up for listener support. And I've been putting this off for years because I was so afraid that nobody would contribute and I would once again be faced with the insecure that my worth is publicly tied up in the number of downloads or dollars given. Again, it is all ego. But then I say that, I say that like knowing, being self-aware, I understand my ego is huge. But when I hear your stories and I hear you tell me that you tried something you never thought you could because you've been listening to culture changers or so-and-so's episode on belonging or on patriarchy stress disorder or on adult friendships really moved you. 
or that it's changed your life or that some of the topics we've covered were so profoundly moving and how you've shared it with your friends who needed to hear it or it's helped you rethink some preconceived notions you had and embolden you to take action in your life. It's pretty valuable and I'll tell you, being on this side of the microphone recording, this is a recording, it's not live, I don't have feedback. You know, it's one of those things where sometimes I'll hear from you, sometimes I won't. And the episodes that I hear from you are typically on the solo cast and the ones that are on personal development and healing, um, which I think is interesting with that. And so that feedback, when I hear, when I see you write reviews, when you text me, when you DM me, when you share it with a friend or I see it on your socials or shared or something like that. It is the only signal I know that that this is moving you. And so having a financial way to contribute is now another way. And I thought, well, if someone wants to contribute to help me offset the cost of producing this show and support my work as a creator, why not? I've been doing this all as a one-woman show for over three years. So I, uh, I launched a Patreon where you can get all of the episodes ad-free and uh, has a ton of extras, uh, including community and a lot of other things, I encourage you to go to patreon.com forward slash culture changers. And for as little as a couple of bucks bucks a month, um, you can be part of this community and be supporting me at the same time, which would mean the world um, if you became a member of the Culture Changers Patreon community. And I'm still building out some of the goodies or a lot on there that just for a few bucks a month or whatever, you get a ton of extras and I'm adding merchandise to it or branded merchandise, which helps too. And as of right now, I just launched it. I have two supporters and a huge thank you to you both for now and a big thank you to Elizabeth Philp, EP for supporting at the Let's Do This level. And I sure hope you'll consider joining us over there. It's an exciting step for me and one that I am taking boldly and humbly. And lastly, did you hear that I added a new format to the Culture Changers formula? I will still have the interview in solo cast like this one, but I've added a chat cast format with guest co-host Cindy Robinson, where we break down a juicy topic in pop culture. We just released one on false prophets and Teal Swan. And it was such a fun and different flavor and one I was grateful to have a partner in crime to do it with. Because as you can tell, I don't like being alone that much. But have you heard it yet? You can go back to the episode right before this one and catch it. It's so, uh, it's so juicy. In the meantime, follow me on the socials. Send me a DM. Let me know you're there. Write a review, all of that sub, all of that stuff. Subscribe to my personal journal blog that I send out weekly at allisonhair.com. That's typically where I get even more personal than I do here. And most of all, thank you for listening all the way through and sharing with your friends and supporting me in whatever fashion you can. It means the world. I'll see you next time. <laughs>